0: Hey Tribe, this is Coach Nadine. I'm going to be going over your weekly programming for the week of May 16th through May 21st. So let's just jump right in. Alright, Monday, this is May 16th. We have our endurance-based progression workout this day. So it's going to be 12 minutes on, 2 minutes off for a total of 2 rounds. You're going to be rotating through a 500 or 425 meter row. 24 or 12 each leg goblet hold B stand squats, 60 single unders or 40 double unders, and 16 eight each side dumbbell Turkish sit-ups. So once you finish up the Turkish sit-ups, you're going to go right back up to the top with the row. Um, you are going to be restarting on that second round So the goal is consistent pacing across both rounds trying to match or beat your score from round one in round two So a couple of things that I kind of want to touch on with these movements for the workout So one of the newer ones that we have is a goblet hold B stand squat So this is a little bit different than the B stand squat squats that we've used as a pistol progression or a single leg squat progression so With this one, so the progression that we have used for a B-stand squat, you're loading the back leg. So the front leg is kind of kicks, is a kickstand out. So the heel is down, toe is up. And that's kind of the variation that we've been using for single leg squats. So it targets the back leg. Um, This variation is a little bit different. So instead of kind of loading the back leg, you are going to be loading the front leg. So that back leg, the heel is gonna be up almost like a kickstand deadlift type of position. And then you are gonna be holding that kettlebell or dumbbell in the uh, in the goblet, so right about your chest. And then with this one, we wanna focus on almost kind of driving that knee of that front leg over the toe. And the back leg kind of follows, so it just helps support you on the way down, but you are mostly loading that front leg and isolating that leg. It is gonna hit the quad a little bit more just because you are driving that knee a little bit more forward, obviously still keeping that heel down on this, but that's kind of the focus of this movement. So we are working more unilateral on this and it's gonna be 12 on one leg, 12 on the other. We do want you to go um, all 12 on one, all 12 on the other versus alternating just because it is gonna get kind of tricky if you are trying to switch up the feet throughout the 24 total reps um, and then with those Turkish setups this is a little bit of a newer movement too it is basically like a Turkish getup except you're not doing the post part of it where you're lifting the hips up so you are going to be starting lying on the ground dumbbell in one hand pressed up overhead and then the leg of that on that same on that same side the knee is going to be bent and you're gonna have the other arm that is not loaded out to the side you're gonna be rolling onto the elbow, pressing up to the hand, and then kind of still looking up at that dumbbell, sitting tall, and then you're gonna reverse those steps down, coming back down onto the elbow, And then rolling back to your starting position is going to be eight on one side and then eight on the other side. This Turkish setup is really good for kind of targeting the obliques and the shoulders as well too, since you do have to stabilize a weight up overhead. If you have trouble with this movement with a weight up overhead, then we can do that without weight and just hold that arm up overhead. So that would be kind of the scaling progression for that. Um, But yeah, that is what we're going to be kind of working through on Monday. So the goal is to get around two to three full rounds per interval so you have 12 minutes to work through this getting as many rounds and reps as you can one round should take around i would say four to five ish minutes if you're doing four minutes around you will get right around three rounds if you're really speedy through some of these things if you're pretty fast on the row and on the jump rope then you might get closer to 3.5 rounds um, but that would be the general idea is that you wanna get at the minimum two rounds and then ideally if you can get somewhere closer to three rounds or a little over three, then that would be great. Um, and then after we finish that up, we are gonna go into week three of our grip strength progression. So on a three and a half minute running clock, you're gonna accumulate as much time as you can in a dead hang. So we just increase that time by 30 seconds this week. Um, again, you don't have to go unbroken on this hang. It's just accumulating as much time as you can in the hang. So again, a dead hang, hanging from that bar, there's no tension in the upper back. You're completely extended all the way down and you're just focusing on trying to hold on as long as you can. Um, with, I know um, a lot of people kind of once you hit that, that max effort hang, your grip kind of starts to go and it starts to almost kind of hurt your hands to hold on. Um, what I would do is I, I would almost, instead of doing a max effort hang on this first attempt, kind of stop around five seconds before you feel like you're going to kind of fall off or before you feel as like a max effort. Um, Just because then you can kind of just shake it out quick and try and jump right back up. I would definitely chalk up your hands a little bit for this one and kind of set your grip on it too. So instead of just jumping up, see if you can step up to something and kind of get a little bit closer down to like the palm of your hand instead of kind of into the fingers. And that'll just help you set just a better grip overall um to be able to hold on to the bar so i'll talk about this a little bit more in class but i would actually really set your hands first instead of just jumping up um again we'll just help you get a, a better grip on the bar all right moving on to tuesday this is may 17th we have our sprint base workout for the week so we have every four minutes for 20 minutes, a total of five rounds. You're going to be rotating through eight barbell muscle cleans, six press up to plank burpees, 12 Russian kettlebell swings, six press up to plank burpees, and then eight barbell muscle cleans. Each round we want you to try and complete in a minute 45 to two minutes. So it should be about a one-to-one work, work-to-rest ratio. And you want to try and aim for consistent times across all of your rounds. So really no more than a five-second deviation in times if possible. Um, if you do finish that first round in over two minutes, then I would either decrease the weight that is either decrease the weight if that's your limiting factor. So if you just went too heavy on the cleans and that's why, um, you're slow on them, then decrease that weight after that first round. Or if the weight isn't necessarily the issue, it's more so just, you're moving a little bit slower through your movements, then I would just... Uh, decrease those reps a little bit to 7-5-10-5-7, five, five, seven. so 7 muscle cleans, um, 5 press-up to plank burpees, and 10 Russian swings, just so you are able to still maintain the intensity and the stimulus that we're looking for. Um, with those muscle cleans obviously should be unbroken on every set same thing with the Russian kettlebell swing same thing with the burpees so again with those press-ups to plank burpees um, it is a regular burpee to the floor we're just focusing on refining that technique just a little bit so as you come down you're thinking about almost absorbing yourself into the ground bringing that chest down first now this doesn't mean that you're gonna go actually chest first and your feet are in the air and kind of like do a dive into the floor that's not what we're looking for but just by thinking chest first it'll help you drop down everything down together and then instead of kind of worming your way up and going chest first on the way up you're gonna press up into a plank position so almost like a bottom-up push-up so you're ending in a plank jumping the feet forward, and then jumping up at the top. So that is how that press-up plank burpee is going to be going. Just again, focusing on refining the technique of the burpee so we have less pain and we're more efficient in the movement. Those Russian swings just bring that kettlebell to about eye height, so we're not going up all the way overhead. This is just going to make that cycle time just a little bit faster so we are able to keep that higher stimulus of the workout. And then obviously those muscle cleans, we're not getting a jump. We're just standing that all the way up. So. The muscle clean will just cycle a lot faster than a power clean if you're adding in that jump. So that's why these are muscle cleans and not power cleans for the workout. All right, once we finish that up, We are going to go into just an active cool down so the focus on the sprint workout again is that we're getting that heart rate super super high and then we're focusing on trying to slow that down as much as we can in the rest period so i really don't want you guys to pace this i want you guys to go all out on that first round and then just really focus on the breathing on the breathing when you finish it up with these sprint workouts sometimes they can be really really taxing just on the body on the metabolic system so that's why we're not going to kind of drill you guys with a bunch of other movements after class, we're gonna, or after the, the movement or the workout is done, we're just gonna go into a cool down, get that heart rate slowed down, get you back to just feeling pretty good. And, um, and that'll just help with your recovery overall too. So for the active cool down, it'll be one to two sets of eight feet elevated Jefferson curls. So this is focusing more on getting movement in the spine, especially from all of the hinging that you're gonna be doing with the muscle cleans and with the kettlebell swings. Then we're gonna go into ten each side quadruped thoracic rotations. A lot of times when we are doing a lot of hinging, um, the the middle back can kind of start getting tight. So with those thoracic rotations, you're gonna be in a quadruped position. So on the hands and the knees, you're gonna have one hand behind the ear, kind of cupping the ear. You're gonna be rotating down so that elbow comes down in toward the other elbow. And then you're gonna rotate up, follow with the head and look up toward the ceilings. Just focusing on opening up the middle back, opening up the chest a little bit too with that. And then we will end this with a 60 second elevated PVC folded child's pose. Sounds like a mouthful, but you're gonna basically be in a child's pose on the ground, so on the knees, and then you're going to have your elbows elevated up on a bench with a PVC in your hands, and you're basically going to fold the hands and the PVC back behind your neck. This can be kind of tough mobility-wise, especially if your lats and your thoracic spine is kind of tight, so if you can't get that PVC behind, then we can just do this just by folding the hands behind. Um, You want to try and keep the hands, I would say, about elbow width on this one. So we don't want it to make the hands too wide. We also don't want to make them too narrow. We'll kind of talk to you guys a little bit in class too so you know what where your hand position really should be for that. But that's what we're going to be doing after class. So we're not holding in stretches too much. We're focusing on just getting some good movement in the body just so you're not too tight. The spine isn't super tight. The lower back isn't super tight. Getting some good uh, blood flow in there too. All right, moving on to Wednesday. This is May 18th. We have our strength-based tempo workout for the week on this day. So four minutes on, one minute off for a total of three rounds. You're gonna be rotating through ten dumbbell floor presses with a three-second eccentric on the way down, and then eight each leg paused Russian reverse lunges. And then you're gonna be picking up where you left off each round. So I'm gonna explain these movements a little bit, um, just so you guys you guys kind of understand what muscle groups we are gonna be working and what you want to be focusing on. So with that floor press, this is kind of like a bench press, except obviously. You're not going to be on a bench, you're going to be on the floor. So, on your back, you're going to have the knees bent, feet flat on the ground, and this will help you kind of keep the hips a little bit more tucked and the lower back pressed down into the ground. So, with this floor press. We usually with a bench press, there can be a little bit of an arch in the back because you are pressing the heels and the feet down into the floor. Um, With the the floor press, it's a little bit different. So you don't necessarily want an arch in the back. You do want to kind of keep the hips tucked on this one, the low back pressed into the ground. You're going to start the movement with the dumbbells up overhead. So you're going to press them up first. So the movement does not start with the arms on the ground. It starts with the dumbbells pressed up overhead. It is going to be a three second eccentric down. So one, two, three, all the way down until the elbows kind of just lightly touch the ground and then you're going to explode up. So I do want you guys to touch the elbows to the ground, but we're not going to rest there. It's usually what happens when the elbows come down. We kind of just rest there. We let them hang out and then we press up. That's not what we want to focus on. So it's going to be three second down. Once the elbows touch, you can hang out there for a second, but then you're going to explode up. And when I say hang out there for a second, it just means holding the position, holding the tension in the um, chest, and then exploding back up to press up overhead. It is going to be a one-second pause at the top, making sure that those elbows do lock out. When we come down, I want you guys to think about bringing the elbows to a 90-degree. Not 90-degree, just kidding. It's like a 45-degree angle. This will help kind of balance that muscle activation between the chest, shoulders, and the triceps versus if you're coming way, way out really wide, it can be super stressful on the shoulders and the chest, but if you're coming in a little too narrow, it can be isolating the triceps a little bit more than what we're looking for. So we do want the elbows to kind of come in at like a 45 degree angle and then pressing up. So that's the focus for the floor press on the russian reverse lunges so this is going to be it's like a russian step up so if you guys have done those but we put them in class before Um, but if you were here for them that is a step up with a knee drive with the opposite leg so it's the same type of idea for this you're going to do a reverse lunge you are going to pause with the knee at 90 degrees so you're going to step back lower down so the back knee is at about 90 degrees pause there for two seconds so one and then you're going to explode up pushing through that front leg and then as you go into that knee drive so the back leg is going to be the one that goes into the knee drive so you're paused at the bottom back knee paused at 90 degrees you're going to explode up pushing through that front leg getting a big glute squeeze as you push through and at the same time that knee of that back leg is coming up into that knee drive then you're going to step back again pause one two with that back knee at 90 degrees explode up front leg gets that glute drive or gets that glute squeeze and then the back leg goes into that knee drive so that's what we're looking for on that movement is you're really trying to activate that front leg and activate the glute on that that's really what we're looking for you're going to do all eight on one all eight on the other you can choose to load this you don't have to so I would say if you feel really good with this movement, unloaded, your balance is pretty good, you're able to get a good knee drive, a good glute squeeze, then you can load it if you want to. You can go with a dumbbell at the chest, that's probably the way I would do it, dumbbell or kettlebell at the chest. You can also go with a bar on the rack, or bar in the back rack, so bar on your back. Um, But I wouldn't load it if your stability is off. So I would focus on the movement first and the movement quality first. And then obviously only add load if it feels really good and you're able to maintain that good position um, across all of the all of the reps all right when we finish that up we're gonna go into our complex core progression so this is our inchworm slider pike up progression Um, again with that inchworm slider pike up the feet are gonna be on sliders you're gonna start standing on this one walking the hands out so you're in the top of a plank and then you're gonna focus on engaging the abs, drawing that belly button into the spine and the core is what pulls the legs up and the feet up. So you're gonna pull your feet into that pike position and then walk the hands back out. So that would be one rep when you pull the, um, the feet up. We can also go into an inchworm slide or tuck up. So if you can't keep the legs straight, then we can also in that plank position, pull the knees in so you're in like a tucked position and then walk the hands back out. The big focus on this one is that before you even go into that pike or into that tuck, so when you're in that plank position, you're focusing on bringing that belly button to the spine, hollowing out the lower back, engaging the core first. So you should be tightening up the core, feeling that engagement, and then really focusing on using that core to bring the feet up toward the hands. So I think a lot of people, when we did this last week, were feeling it in their legs. And that's probably because they weren't necessarily using the core to bring the legs up. They were just trying to just use the feet to kind of scoot the legs up. So that's not really what we're looking for on this one. So again, really slowing down that movement and just really focusing on that isolation with the core and that activation and thinking about actually the core kind of almost pulling the legs up the way that I kind of visualize it is that the core has like Strings attached to it or handles kind of attached to it that are pulling or like I almost think like a rope like there's literally like it sounds so weird kind of like your core has hands and as you're bringing... The feet up, it's almost pulling the rope up, so the rope would be your legs. Not sure if this really makes sense to you guys over a podcast, but that's kind of the way that I that I visualize it, which helps me be able to activate my core to pull my legs up. So just something to kind of think about. If that makes absolutely no sense, then obviously um don't use that as your cue or as your or as your visual um. But just something that helps me out. Um, last week we did every ninety seconds for um four sets. Um, This time we are doing every 90 seconds for a total of five sets. So we're just adding on a fifth set. So every 90 seconds, you're going to do a 25 foot to 50 foot um, inchworm slider pike up. This would be about five to 10 reps. Um, And then I do want you guys to cap your set at about a minute. You can stop a little bit earlier if you need to. If you feel like that position is really starting to go around 40 seconds, then obviously I would stop at 40 seconds. So you're only doing those quality reps. If we're doing reps that are kind of trashy, you're really not going to get anything out of it. So, um, So if you need to stop before a minute, obviously stop, give yourself some time to recover and then try and just repeat that good quality effort every time. So that's what we're looking at for the rebuild that day. Alright, moving on to Thursday. This is May 19th. We have our moderate duration continuous workout for the week. So we have four rounds of a 400 meter run, 16 kettlebell hang snatches, and then 12 kettlebell push presses. So this is all going to be single arm. So the kettlebell hang snatches are all single arm. It's going to be eight on one arm, eight on the other. You can break that up really any way that you want. So again, it's 16 total reps. You can go four on one, four on the other, and then four on one, and then four on the other. Or we can go all eight reps on one, all eight reps on the other. So you can break that up any way that you really want. And then with those kettlebell push presses, it is gonna be single arm. So whatever arm you end on for that snatch, ideally, if you can bring that right back into the front rack, and then just go right into that push press, it's gonna be six on one arm for the push, for the push press, and then six on the other. For this, I would try to go six and six. Um, if you really need to, you can go three on one, three on the other, and then three back on the on one and then three back on the other. Um, there is gonna be a two second pause overhead for the push press. So actually for both of these movements, we are gonna get a pause up overhead. So for that snatch, when you get that up overhead, pause overhead for at least a second get that elbow to lock out all the way and then you can come back down um, into that hang position and then with that push press same thing you are going to get a two second pause up overhead try and get that elbow nice and close to the ear it'll just help stack the shoulder in a much better and much safer way and then control that back down into your front rack position so the reason why we are adding these pauses up overhead is because sometimes when we're trying to move fast we get a little sloppy and we don't actually lock at the elbow we just kind of fling the the dumbbell or the kettlebell up when that elbow is still bent so we don't really finish the movement. So we do wanna make sure that we do get that nice hard lockout with the elbow um, every time with those movements. There is gonna be a 17 minute time cap on this. So the goal would be to finish it and I would say about like 15, 16 minutes. Um, if you're really fast, maybe under 15 minutes, but um, that run should be taking about 2 to 2.15. That's probably going to be what slows people down the most. So I would modify that distance if you need to. If that run is taking you like closer to two and a half minutes, I would probably cut it down a little bit just so you are able to keep that stimulus of the of the workout and then after we finish that up we're going to go into our bicep focus progression so it's three alternating sets of 10 dumbbell bicep curls with the palms supinated so palms up 10 dumbbell hammer curls with the palms neutral so palms facing in and then 10 dumbbell reverse curls with the palms pronated so palms facing down so we're doing 10 uh 10 reps of three different bicep curl variations they're all hitting different parts of the bicep, just by changing that hand position. Um, the focus for all of these is that you are keeping the elbows in really, really tight to the body, um, especially on those reverse curls. The reverse curl will challenge you more rotationally or like within the rotational aspect of the hand. So a lot of times you could probably curl the weight, but because you can't actually keep the palms flipped down, you really can't use the weight that you want to use just be, just because you can't maintain that position you can't get that rotation um and because we can't get that rotation when we start doing the curls the elbows start flaring out super super out to the side which is again what we don't want for this movement so i would definitely choose two weights for this you can probably go with a heavier weight for your regular bicep curls and your hammer curls but I would definitely go pretty light on those um, reverse curls just so you can strengthen that position and strengthen the rotational capacity of the elbows, forearms, and the wrists. Um, a lot of people kind of I – th- I think a lot of people kind of figured this out when they tried to use the same weight and go to the reverse curls and use the same weight and it didn't really work out. But – don't try and power through that movement with heavier weight and bad form because you're really not going to get the benefit that you want out of it if you are doing that. So don't be afraid to drop it down. You might feel like um, not, you might not feel not that great if you're using a super, super light weight when you want to use heavy weight, but that's just the way that you're going to get better is by dropping that down and focusing on the position. All right, moving on to Friday. This is May 20th. So we have our body weight-based workout for the week. It is five minutes on, minute and a half off for a total of three rounds. We have seven wide grip pull-ups at a two, 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 two two tempo, three dips with a two, or not three dips, just kidding, 13 dips with a two second pause at the top, and 21 air squats. You're gonna be picking up where you left off each round. So at the top of the five minutes, the seven wide grip pull-ups, it is gonna be a two second pause at a dead hang. So two second pause at full extension two second pull all the way up two second pause with the chin over the bar and a two second controlled lowering on the way down with these wide grip pull-ups you want the hands to be slightly wider than the shoulders so this will help you target the lats a little bit more when we make the hands wider than the shoulders if the hands are um shoulder width or even in a little bit more it's going to target the shoulders a lot more and it's really not going to hit the back so that's why we do want to take that wider grip it might feel a little bit tougher so don't be afraid to add another band um, if you need to on these pull-ups or add a little bit more assistance if you're going bar and rack or um, rings on that too with the rings we would go palms down and think about bringing the elbows super super wide on that too and that'll help you kind of hit similar muscle groups it is going to be a little bit different um just because you are horizontal um we can also change up the ring rows as well to be more vertical so you could also pull in and then kind of hold there and then kind of drop your body under into the pole and hold there It sounds probably confusing over a podcast so we can explain it a little bit better in class but that is another way to get more of a vertical pull using the rings if needed Um, With those dips, it is a two-second pause at the top. So again, making sure that we do lock out the elbows all the way. And I almost want you to think about as you're at the top of that dip, almost trying to press yourself even higher at the top of that dip. And that'll help you just get a better lockout, a little bit more tricep activation on that. And then with those air squats, they're unloaded regular air squats. I would say with this one... um, it might be good to do these to a target just to hold yourself accountable to getting full range of motion every single time with these air squats we do want to make sure that we're standing up all the way locking the glutes um or locking the hips out squeezing the glutes at the top and then getting full range of motion at the bottom as well um but that is what we're what we're looking for for this workout so a little bit um a little bit i, w- I would say this is kind of a good Recovery based workout based on a lot of the just the weights that we've been using the day before, but it will get a lot of really good muscle activation kicking in with the pull ups and especially with the dips too. Um, Once you finish up those air squats, you are going to go right back to the top of the wide grip pull ups, just rotating through that as many times as you can. Again, once that five minutes is up, you're going to rest a minute and a half and then you're just going to pick up where you left off. So if you were at seven out of 13 dips you're gonna pick up eight nine ten etc all the way up to 13 and then going back through those air squats and then back to the top we are going to finish up class with week three of our single leg strength progression so this is your crossover box step ups Last week, we did three sets of six reps on each leg. This week, we are increasing it to eight reps on each leg. Again, with these crossover box step-ups, you're gonna be starting behind the box and to the side of the box, and you're gonna be stepping up with the leg that is furthest away from the box. So again, you are behind the box to the side. You're gonna cross over in front with that leg that is furthest away from the box. And then... What I like to focus on with this one, so once I cross over and have that foot planted on the box, I will focus on kind of pushing my weight over my foot. So my knee is tracking over my foot and then focusing on trying to push my foot through the box to help kind of lift myself up. So with this movement you want to get as little assistance with the leg that's on the ground as possible so a lot of times when we're doing a step up we kind of use the leg that's on the ground or the non-working leg to help us come up when we push through the floor that is not what we want with this we want to get as little of that as possible so you're really isolating the working leg um with this one if you know what box height you used last week for six reps i would start with that and then increase that height as you go, if possible. If it feels pretty good, then you can increase the height. Um, If you are at an appropriate height and you've been doing these unloaded and it feels really, really good unloaded, you can go ahead and add a light weight. I would probably go with a goblet hold right up at the chest um, just because that will kind of help you keep that chest up a little bit more. If you have dumbbells by the sides, you're gonna kind of get in the way of the legs and your chest might be dropping. So that's the way that I would load it if you do want to go ahead and do that and you feel pretty good. All right, moving on to Saturday. This is May 21st. We have an every minute on the minute workout for 20 minutes, so this is our rotating EMOM. Um, So again, every minute on the minute for a total of 20 minutes on the odd rounds. so minutes one, three, five, et cetera, you're gonna be doing a 50 meter double kettlebell front rack carry. So walking out 25 meters and back 25 meters with this uh, front rack carry. You do want the dumbbells outside of the hands and outside of the forearms. And you almost and you want to keep the elbows high on this. So a lot of times when people do this, they kind of just keep those elbows by the side and they almost like hold it in almost like a bicep curl type of position. Or they bring the elbows really high and they put the kettlebells behind them. That's not what we're looking for. So you do want the hands on the shoulders and the elbows in front. The handle is on the inside of the hand and then the kettlebell is on the outside of the hand. And then we're just focusing on keeping um, tall elbows on this one and keeping a really good core position so that with that weight being in front of you, it is going to load the core a little bit more. So you want a weight that is challenging enough to feel like you have to activate the core and you do feel that kicking in, but not so challenging to the point that that core kind of starts collapsing and you have to put the weight down or something like that. The 50 meters should definitely be unbroken. Once we finish up the 50 meters, whatever time is left of that minute, you get to rest. And then on the even minutes, so minutes two, four, six, eight, et cetera, you're going to be doing six deadlifts and six box jumps. So the deadlift should be unbroken. I would say this should be at a somewhat moderate to challenging weight like i said the six should be unbroken the weight shouldn't really be causing you to break it up um but what i want you guys to focus on with the deadlifts is that you are keeping the lats super super tight the entire time and you're keeping a good position on the way down so it's only six you can slow them down a little bit because you will have plenty of time to transition back to that front rack carry after this round is over So again, really focusing on the position, lats super, super tight, controlling that all the way to the floor. And then I want you guys to focus too on making as little noise as possible when you touch the floor. So sometimes when we're moving fast, we almost bang that bar into the ground and then just rip it back up. Absolutely not what we're going for on this. So again, like I've said, um, I think I've said this like five times, but again, keep the lats really tight, control that all the way down to the floor. Once you kind of tap the floor, then you want to think about pushing through the floor with the feet and then driving the legs through the floor to stand that all the way back up. Um, once you finish up those deadlifts, you are going right into six box jumps, and then whatever time is left of that minute, you get to rest. So I would say all of these intervals should be completed within 30 to 40 seconds. We are going to cap them at 45, but ideally, if you can complete it and that 30 to 40 second window that would be ideal just because 20 seconds is a lot of time to be moving so you don't want to kind of start bottlenecking yourself really early in that where you're at 45 seconds on that first round and then as you get tired it becomes 48 seconds and 52 seconds and then you're falling behind on the emom not what we're going for so you want to try and maintain consistent times on each round and be able to maintain that even when you do get tired. So you do have enough time to kind of rest and recover just a little bit and transition to that next movement. So that's what we're looking for on this workout. And then we're gonna finish up class with our rotational core progression. So it is gonna be three sets of 12 each side banded half kneeling pal-off rotations, and then 12 each side staggered stance dumbbell oblique crunches. So with those half kneeling rotations, the leg that is furthest away from the upright is going to be in front and the arms are gonna be straight out to the side. Similar to those inchworms, um, you want to focus on before you even start that rotation, activating the core. So bringing that belly button into the spine, kind of hollowing out the lower back, hollowing out the core, and then using the core to move the, the band in your arms um, across the body. So... We don't want to try and just use the arms, just rip that band to the side. You want to focus on the core kind of directing that to the side. And then when you do rotate to you do want to follow with the head, This is going to help you kick in the obliques a little bit more and get a little bit more rotation. And then with those staggered stance oblique crunches, the leg that is furthest away from the dumbbell is going to be in front. With this one, what I like to focus on is that arm that's holding the dumbbell is slightly behind the, the, the leg um, and then to kind of initiate the movement, you wanna think about dropping the shoulder and then kind of gliding that dumbbell down the side of the leg. At the same time, you're stretching the oblique that is furthest away. So as you're gliding down, creating a crunch on that same side and stretching the opposite side. And then I like to pause at the bottom too, just to really feel my obliques activated and stretched. And then again, using the core to help yourself come up back to that starting position. All right, guys, that is what we have for you this coming week. Let us know if you have any questions, um, and we can't wait to see you guys in class.